Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 36 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. First, an update on the now half-a-month-old MLB lockout. It looks pretty obvious now that there is truly only one thing that is keeping this labor dispute alive between the players and the owners, and it's money. Initially, it was believed that much of the dispute had to deal with money, as well as various proposed rule changes and similar items. However, a couple of weeks ago, the MLB commissioner, Rob Manford, decided that any talks about any specific rule change proposals would be dismissed. During one of the press conferences, Manfred went on to say, Based on the discussions at the table, we saw it as another contentious issue and tried to put it to one side in an effort to get to an agreement, on the theory that we could deal with it midterm of the next agreement. So, is it good that the labor dispute will leave the rule changes out of the way? Well, the way I see it, there are some positives and there's some negatives. I mean, just in the past year, there were approximately 97 different rule experiments instituted in all forms of professional baseball, from the major leagues to single-A baseball, rookie ball, that kind of thing. Not talking at all about these rules could mean that the game probably just won't change very much, and things like extended playoffs and the universal DH will just cease to exist, at least for now. It could be good, however, as it's just one less thing to argue over, and it may speed up the lockout, giving us baseball sooner than we initially thought. So, we'll continue to keep an eye on it for now, and I'll give you more updates as it develops. Anyway, let's hop into this week's episode, where we'll break down the best player of all time from each team in the National League Central. Now, the National League Central has some of the oldest teams in baseball, well, save the Milwaukee Brewers. So, this division is going to be quite a challenge to really find the best of the best players. So, let's just hop right into it. Let's start with the oldest team on this list, the Chicago Cubs. Well, despite the curse, the Cubs have seen a lot of really impressive talent over their 146 seasons. In the 60s, the Cubs had Hall of Famers Ron Santo, Billy Williams, and Mr. Cub Ernie Banks. In the late 80s, Ryan Sandberg and Sammy Sosa became legends in the Chicago area for their incredible work at the plate and on the field. But there are a few outliers, of course. So let's start with Cap Anson. Anson played 27 years at the big league level, from 1871 to 1897. Only one other player, Nolan Ryan, played that many years in the big leagues. He started his career at the age of 19 and played until he retired at age 45, just to put it into context for you. In this 27-year stretch, Anson played 22 seasons with the Cubs, producing some unbelievable statistics. 3,012 hits, 1,722 runs, and 1,880 RBIs. Looking at his 331 batting average and his 396 on base percentage with the Cubs, 
It's easy to tell that Anson was one of the greatest hitters ever to set foot on the diamond before the 1900s. Anson's 84.7 war puts him right at the very top of this list. But what about some of the other guys that I mentioned a little bit before? Well, with the Cubs, Ron Santo collected 2,171 hits in his 14 seasons with the Cubs, as well as a very respectable 337 home runs. Not to mention, the Seattle-produced third baseman had five Gold Glove Awards on his way to nine All-Star Game appearances. And what about Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks? I mean, I think you could argue that Ernie would, at the very least, win the fans' vote for their favorite Cub of all time. Ernie played 19 years with the Cubs and clubbed his way to plenty of milestones in that time. For example, Ernie is in the 2,500 hit club with his 2,583 hits, and he's also in the 500 home run club with his 512 home runs that he sent over the wall. A 274 batting average, coupled with his 1,636 RBIs, led the infielder to 14 All-Star games, two MVP awards, and a gold glove as well. And to be honest with you, we're only scratching the surface of the Cubs' greats. I mean, after all, the Cubs do have 14 Hall of Fame inductees in their history. But the team that we're going to talk about next has 18 inductees. And it's the St. Louis Cardinals. The 140-season-old Cardinals have seen a lot of success with a truly long list of impressive players. There's a reason why 14 of their players have their jersey numbers retired up in the rafters. One of which is the three-time MVP, two-time Player of the Year, and Hall of Famer Stan Musial. In his time in the league, Stan had a career 331 batting average in his 22 seasons with the Cards. Stan also had 3,630 hits and led the league in hits seven times, earning him seven batting titles. Musial went to the All-Star Game 24 times and helped the Cardinals win three World Series titles in 1942, 1944, and 1946. His absolutely incredible 128.7 war, the 11th best in history, puts him at the top of this list for the Cardinals. But I kind of struggled making this decision. You see, some of the guys that we've talked about in the past, like Bob Gibson and Lou Brock find themselves pretty high on this list as well, as Gibson had 251 wins in a Cardinals uniform, as well as an ERA title and two Cy Young awards. Brock, on the other hand, had just over 3,000 hits and two World Series rings. But I think the closest competition to Musial would be Rogers Hornsby. Hornsby had a career 358 batting average in his 23 years in the big leagues, third best in the history of baseball, by the way. But even though Hornsby spent most of his career with the Cardinals, in which he played 13 seasons, he kind of moved around the league a little bit, especially towards the end of his career, logging time with four other teams. Therefore, I think as far as Cardinals legends go, Musial takes the cake. 
Next up, we have the Cincinnati Reds, who, during the time of the Big Red Machine, had a group of players that were just truly unstoppable. One of them, Pete Rose, really stood out above the rest. Pete played 19 seasons with the Reds and helped to lead them to two World Series titles. The MVP Award, Rookie of the Year Award, and World Series MVP Award winner really did everything. I mean, not only did he play more games than anyone else, he had more plate appearances, more at-bats, and get this, more hits than anyone in the history of baseball has ever been able to get close to. Rose's 4,256 career hits earned him a silver slugger and three batting titles, as the switch hitter became one of the game's true Ironmans. Another truly necessary part of the Big Red Machine is Johnny Bench, whose hands were so big that he could hold seven baseballs in one hand. <laughs> the Hall of Famer had 10 gold gloves and was the league's MVP twice because of it. Bench is still one of the greatest catchers of all time, but one thing that really helps him stand out is his hitting. Bench had 2,048 hits, 389 of which left the park, as the 14-time All-Star clubbed an impressive 267 batting average. To cap off the Reds, however, I do want to talk about one of their more recent Hall of Famers, Barry Larkin. Larkin played all 19 of his years in the majors with the Reds, as he became one of the most impressive all-around players in the team's history. On top of his three gold gloves was nine silver sluggers and an MVP award for his troubles, which he had 158 hits in 131 games, leading to a 319 batting average that year. Oh, and did I mention that Barry Larkin's impressive Oh, and did I mention Barry Larkin's unbelievable World Series stats from 1990? In that year that they won the World Series, Larkin hit 353 with a double, a triple, and an RBI in his six hits. Not too bad for the then 26-year-old Larkin. Now though, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have two players that immediately come to mind that really both helped to change baseball as we know it. And by that, of course I mean Honus Wagner and Roberto Clemente. Let's start with Honus. In his 18 years with the Pirates, he was unstoppable. 2,967 hits, 551 doubles, and 232 triples was good enough for a 328 batting average, as well as a very impressive 394 on base percentage, making the very quick Wagner a common threat on the base paths. Actually, Honus was such a threat that he stole 723 bases in his career, the 10th best all-time, and led the league in stolen bases five times. But what made Honus so special is the fact that he created runs and always got on base no matter what. I mean, after all, he had 963 walks and 2,424 singles, the 8th most in history. I mean, he was the definition of a team player. But I'm going to argue that there was one other player that just edges him out. 
Roberto Clemente played his entire 18-year career with the Pirates and made the most of his career, collecting exactly 3,000 hits as well as 240 home runs and a 317 batting average. Clemente had a good bat, for sure, but what really made him great was his work in right field. Clemente earned all 12 of his Gold Glove awards as he led the league defensively in a handful of different statistics. I mean, first off, he still holds the record for the most games played in right field with 2,305 games. And he's also got the second most putouts in the history in right field with 4,459. Oh, and he also has the second most assists in history as a right fielder with 255. But what made Clemente so great was his work off the field as well. I mean, after his untimely and unfortunate passing, an award was named after Clemente that would go every year to a player who best exemplifies the game of baseball, sportsmanship, community involvement, and the individual's contribution to his team. Because throughout his life, Clemente embodied all of those qualities. Finally, let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers the newest addition to the National League Central, and the youngest team in the group, with just 53 seasons under their belt. However, 53 seasons is still a pretty long time, and it's plenty long enough to still see some pretty impressive players come through the system. Two names, Robin Yoon and Paul Molitor, really stick out to me here, as the Hall of Fame duo spent a good amount of their careers playing with each other. Robin Yoon played for... 20 years in Milwaukee, collecting 3,142 hits and 251 home runs, as well as 1,406 RBIs and a 285 batting average. Paul Molitor, on the other hand, spent 15 of his 21 seasons with the Brewers and recorded 2,281 hits, 160 home runs, as well as 790 RBIs and a 303 batting average with them. Honestly, no matter what way you slice it, these two players were fantastic pieces of the history of the Brewers. And, since they are so similar, it's kind of difficult to pick out the best of the two. I mean, if we're looking at career stats, the two are almost identical. I mean, both had over 3,000 hits, both had over 200 home runs, and both had 1,300 or more RBIs. But I think I still have to give the honors to the two-time MVP Robin Yoon. On top of playing his entire career with the Brewers, as he was actually drafted by the Brewers in the first round, Yoon actually has a better war, a 77.3 compared to Molitor's 75.7. Both these players had some incredible luck with the Brewers, however, and really made it quite a difficult decision to make as far as the best of all time goes. But there we go. That was a look at the best players from each team in the National League Central. We have Cap Anson, Stan Musial, Pete Rose, Roberto Clemente, and Robin Yount as the top players from the division. An impressive class, indeed. So when we return from break, we'll move on to the third and final National League division, the National League East, and talk about the Atlanta Braves, the Miami Marlins, the New York Yankees, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the Washington Nationals. Thank you for listening.